on the prequel to the ninth episode of This Film is Lit. We're talking about the Justice League. We've got a pre-preview of our Christmas episode and a preview of Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So stick around, because this film is lit. I guess it is technically Justice League. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Technically. It's a comic book. So like I was saying, our pre-preview, we need a little input from our listeners. Our second Christmas episode is going to be... The Christmas Carol. Yes. No, A Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. Carol. And as you know, I would assume most listeners know, there are about a bajillion Oh, yeah. Only like like 95 million. Right. So we have chosen five, right? We've narrowed it down. Narrowed it down to five. five, um, Pretty popular, um, well-known adaptations. Uh, And we would like you guys to select which one we should talk about and review in terms of adaptation of the literary form of A Christmas Carol to film. The adaptations, I don't have to go through them all, but there's the Bill Murray Scrooge, right? Yeah, there's Scrooged, there's... Muppet one. My, my personal favorite. A Muppet Christmas Carol. And my favorite Christmas movie ever. A That's Muppet her Christmas vote. Carol. A Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> uh, the Patrick Stewart one. The Patrick one. Stewart one, which I had never heard of until really? you brought it up to oh, me. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I love I that no one. That was like the first one. one. Maybe the first one I've ever seen. Maybe. I don't know. Because I know it happened when I was pretty young, and my dad was a huge Star Trek Next Generation fan, so I think that's mm. why we watched it, because it was on TV. It was like a TV special, I think. Oh, okay. But like a T- I don't think it was released in theaters. I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. like a made-for-TV version, I think. Um, I could be wrong. So we have that one, and then uh, the Jim Carrey stop-motion capture yes, one that came out a few years ago. One. I've never seen that one either. Um and uh it's not stop motion it's it's, it's like it's like polar express isn't it yeah no yeah, i yeah, meant yeah. i meant motion, motion capture. capture okay yeah sorry. um i just get the two flip-flopped in yeah. my head and um another one i can't oh who is the guy that's in that um know. it's an older one that my mom really likes hi mom <laughs> is um it, uh... and i'm pretty sure it's it's a, a pretty faithful adaptation yeah of a Christmas Carol. Well, there's and then there's also yeah. that one. So the then other there's old that one. one. So yeah. those are the five. Uh, we're gonna have a poll <laughs> a poll posted on Facebook and on Twitter. I would assume. Yeah. Uh, so you can go to either of those places. Uh, you just you can search for that. Uh, this film is lit on Facebook or at this film is lit on Twitter. Vote. Let us know which one you're most interested in hearing us talk about. Now let's get on to our review of Justice League. What did you think? So, I went into Justice League not really sure where I should set the bar. Mm-hmm. Because on the one hand, Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. which I didn't really like. Mm-mm. On the other hand, Wonder Woman, which I loved. Mm-hmm. And you know... I feel like this sat somewhere in the middle. It definitely sat somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I would give it like a high C or maybe a low B if I was feeling generous. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think my the way I would sum it up. 
and it's kind of how I felt after the movie. And it's all like, you know, if you're not going to be good, at least be fun. (laughs) And this movie did that in a way, like, because Batman vs. Superman, in my opinion, uh, was both not fun (laughs) and not good. Yeah. This one wasn't particular. And now I might be being a little harsh because I think this was not only considerably better as a film in general than Batman vs. Superman, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I will put this caveat in, we have not seen the Blu-ray extended edition. I have heard from good friend of the show, Sam Pixley, host of uh, Three Wise Media, Three Wise Radio, that the extended cut helps considerably. Uh, he liked the original version, but he liked it even more having seen the extended version. I would be interested to watch it to see, uh, but I did not like at all Batman vs. Superman. You did not either. This is a better, both a better film in general. Uh, I think it makes more uh, sense narratively. It's shot better. Mm-hmm. There's that's still some issues, um, <laughs> and it's more fun, and I it's more enjoyable. Yeah. It has more fun moment character yeah. moments. Now, I mean, that's a given in a Justice League movie versus a movie where Batman and Superman are. F- fighting each other sure, sure. so like you're bound to have more fun in the team-up movie but that being said i think it it it, it was a, a better all-around experience while still not being a particularly great film or even particularly good film it at least i had a lot of fun watching it and and they did that they they kept it to two hours yeah so it never felt like, ooh, because Batman vs. Superman definitely had those moments yeah. where well, are we still doing this? <laughs> like, the thing with Batman Superman, it was like we were watching it, and it was forever long, Yeah. and at no point during the movie did I enjoy myself. That's the thing. I, the, the, I, I, the only moment I explicitly remember enjoying in Bat- Bat- Batman vs. Superman, and this isn't going to be a shit all over Batman vs. Superman fest right now, uh, I'm working my way through Movie Bob's uh, really that bad <laughs> Batman vs Superman, so I'm about halfway through his three hour special on that. But uh, the one point I only re- the only point I remember enjoying, like actually enjoying in Batman vs Superman, and I say remember, I'm sure there were others, but was the Batman fight scene in the warehouse, just because it was it was one of the best shot Batman action sequences we've maybe ever had. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, up until yeah, I'd say even including this movie, I think that particular sequence of Batman beating up like those 20 dudes in that warehouse where he like bursts through the floor and beats up everybody was awesome. But I mean, that was the only thing I enjoyed and they could, I could, I could have just watched that scene. I don't need any context for it. It's just Batman beating up people. I didn't, you know, it didn't serve a (laughs) greater narrative purpose. I mean, it did in the context of the movie, I'm sure. But like for me, what I enjoyed about it didn't serve a greater narrative purpose. It just enjoyed watching Batman like zip lining around beating up random dudes. So I'm going to be real honest. I have no memory of that. Oh, it was a good scene. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. It was fun. It was a good, fun moment. Uh, and probably, like I said, my favorite thing about that movie. Um, um, other than Wonder, Wonder Woman and I, yeah. I think Ben Affleck's a pretty pretty okay Batman. But but anyway. Yeah, getting off Justice Batman League Superman. was better than Batman Much better. Superman. Considerably better. Um, I, I really, wouldn't call it a bad movie. Maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> A little. I would call it a fair to Midland yeah, movie. Yeah, that's that's. Fair. Um, I really liked uh, Ezra Miller's Flash. Yeah, he was though. good, and we're big. We're really big fans of uh, the CW Flash. Yeah, We've watched. I, I actually think I liked him better than. Oh, that's sacri- I did not. I, I didn't. Well, to be fair, I'm not going to say I didn't. I might. 
it's just hard to judge. We've had, well, because, I mean, the fourth season of Flash is on right now. We yeah. watch it once it shows up on Netflix. So we're three seasons of Flash in. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot more time with him as a yeah. character. Yeah. And there were a lot of things that Ezra Miller did that I really enjoyed, and I could see liking his version just as much. But I just have a greater experience. You know, I just have yeah. more. I, I liked the the lightheartedness that he brought to it and that that and he brought kind of you know levity to the whole thing he did. overall he did which 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 cw's does a little bit but the yeah. thing about cw's is that since he's the main character he has to have more gravity right because he's not the comic relief he's the main character and the other character he has his comedic you know he gets to be yeah. silly at, at times but since he's the driving force of the drama of the show he can't be quite as silly that's true. Or else the the gravity of the situations get lost a little. I like, think. I mean, for me, I I'm not a big comics reader. No, neither um, of us are. So that's that we should preface that with all of this yeah. is that none of neither of us really read any comics. <laughs> I'm not a big I've read comics a half reader, dozen in my life. But um, I watched. I grew up watching Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, and um, really enjoyed Young Justice. <laughs> Young when Justice it was on. is better than Justice League. <laughs> In my opinion. It's not the, the time and place for this debate. <laughs> okay. And I've always had a soft spot for The Flash. Yeah. No, he's a fun character. Because I think he's, he is. He's a fun character, and I think he's a different kind of a character than a lot of the other heroes are. Yeah. And I felt like I saw more of what I liked from those cartoons in Ezra Miller's Flash. I, and I, here's the thing. I think that's because they're Justice League cartoons. I think, yeah. you know, when he, get, when he gets to be a supporting character he gets to play the comedic relief the and again i haven't watched all the shows the way you have but i think he gets to he's a much better as a support not even better he's much he, he's more enjoyable mm-hmm. as a supporting character than he is as a lead when because as a lead he has to carry the drama of the show yeah and so you can't have that same levity of the character that you get in something like this or no, like you, like you got in justice league i agree so it's two different things happening yeah. But, no, he was really good. I really enjoyed him. Uh, one of the things, I know we talked about this a little bit after we got out of the movie. I really think you could re-edit the first 30 or 40 minutes of this mm-hmm. movie and cut, like, 20 or 30 of oh, it the, out. Yeah, the first 30 minutes or so were pretty clunky. Yeah, it was clunky, and a lot of it felt unnecessary yeah. of introducing and setting up characters that don't really need that much introduction yeah. like it, it was it was very set up and exposition heavy and which uh, you had to do which i mean cuz they kind of had to do in the sense that but i also think they didn't cuz think they went the different route from marvel they didn't want i don't know the reasons my guess would be they wanted to be a little different than marvel and they didn't mm. want to do the same okay each character gets two to at least two movies of set up before right. we do the team up so marvel though I mean, they started building their cinematic universe. Like, the first Iron Man movie came out in 2008. Mm -hmm. And once that was such a huge success, like, they really started churning them out. Yeah. Um, Man of Steel, which arguably the first... Movie technically in this, in, in, this the, of... in this line, yeah, it would have to be. Okay, yeah. So that came out in 2013, and we don't know that DC was planning on doing an, a universe yeah. at that point. I so... would think they were based on because I mean that's Man of Steel is a year after Avengers. It's that's not, true. So you would think they were at least slightly planning yeah. that direction. I mean, I would just think it was it's a combination of A not wanting to do the same thing as Marvel yeah. and B not having the foresight. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fair. Because, yeah, we were talking about, like, before Avengers, we had, well, we had a Hulk movie that is a different mm-hmm. Hulk, but it's still yeah. technically, I think, canon, I think. Okay. I think. We had a first, uh, Captain America first Avenger, we had the first Thor movie, and we had mm-hmm. Iron Man 1 and 2. Yeah. So we had, yeah, several movies before the first Avengers to set up all those characters. Yeah. So the only real character that was, was anybody introduced in... The first Avengers, Loki. No, Loki was in no, the first Thor. In the first Thor, um, I don't think there was anybody, unless I'm just blind. I, I mean, minor characters. Yeah, like maybe, minor characters. Sure, no, no major characters. No major characters. So, so, but in this one, they had to completely, pretty much. I mean, you can say, but like, completely introduce Aquaman. Completely, yeah. and now that some of them were technically in Batman or Superman for like you know half a second, right. but completely introduce uh, Aquaman. Completely introduce Flash. Completely introduce um, Cyborg. Cyborg. To an extent, like I said, they all had like a scene in Batman or Superman, kind of. Yeah. Like, well, Flash I, had that random moment where he like traveled through time yes, to tell Bruce. Yes, what, which, which we'll see in some future movie, yeah. I'm sure. It's like it's Flashpoint. I think they're setting up, right? I think. I don't yeah, know. I hope so. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. That Sam would know. <laughs> or Crisis. I don't know. It might be Crisis. One of one. Of, I don't. I don't fucking know about comic books, but I know those are big things. Losing fan base by me <laughs> saying how much I don't know about all this shit. Anyways, getting back, I think they could have cut like 20 minutes out of the beginning and rearranged how they set everything up and it mm-hmm. would have been much more, it would have flowed a lot better. I think they could have started either with the, and this is a little spoilery, but the Diana flashback voiceover of uh, when yep. Steppenwolf first yeah. showed up to Earth and everybody fought him and do like a Lord of the Rings style like you know, mm-hmm. prologue or whatever. Or they could have started with, like, the opening battles uh, of Steppenwolf collecting the mm-hmm. the the mother boxes and then transitioned in. I, I, there's a couple ways I think they could have done it. It's just the way they did it felt clunky and felt a little like I kept being like... Yeah. I, and there, and there, was numer- there was at least one or two scenes where I was like, I didn't need that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what they're trying to do is mm-hmm. like get, add more to that character so we care about them. Like, I know what they're going for and I, I guess it kind of works, but like, it just, I didn't really need it. Like, I didn't, yeah. it didn't, it didn't feel necessary because I don't even care about, they're trying to make me care about these secondary characters. I barely care about Superman or Batman <laughs> because I, they've been in such mediocre movies up until this point that I just uh, yeah. don't particularly care. I mean, beyond the fact that it is Superman or that it is Batman, you know. Nah. I'm more of a Marvel girl. No, I am. I'm a Marvel person generally, <laughs> too. I I don't know. I mean, that's a, I, it just depends on... I'm a quality movie person. Yeah, I have no allegiances enough. to any of them. So that's kind of how it's been. And Marvel's just made better movies in general so far. Yeah. But this one was definitely between Wonder Woman and this one. They're moving-ish in the right direction. They're moving-ish... Yeah. Towards I, I think good. this was a step backwards after Wonder Woman. It was a step backwards, but that's not fair. You can't but look at it the same thing. But it wasn't a big step backwards. It wasn't a big... But, but I also don't think that's fair because this is still that Zack Snyder... I think you have to look... Because what, what Wonder Woman was so successful... At, or successful, the reason I think it was so good was that they let Catherine Bigelow make... Right? Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. Wow. That's, You're losing us more fans. Oh, no. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> You know, there's only like three female directors, and sure, I named sure. one of the three. So, yes, Patty Jenkins, what they let her do, they let her make the movie she wanted to make, which is yeah. what Marvel has been doing. Yeah. And so I think her vision is what drove that movie to be what it was. 
And then this one was sort of a mishmash of Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon, Mm. which it it worked overall. But like, I think it's hard. You can't really judge this movie. This was this movie also. I mean, with as much as they reshot and changing directors, you know, halfway through because of the tragedy that happened with Zack Snyder. It's just to me, I, I it would feel unfair to say this is a step back because this is like for a team up movie. It, again, Avengers is a masterpiece and maybe Marvel's best film, maybe. So like if you're comparing it to that, yes, it's a step back, but like it's still it's still a positive. It's not, you know, it's it's not Suicide <laughs> Squad and it's not Batman versus Superman. So it's still a positive. And with the fucking mess that the production seemed to have been, mm, yeah, I can't fault it too much for pretty much being an okay movie that was enjoyable for the most part to watch. Like I, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people going. Or I, I had seen some reviews going in, and I had seen positive. I had seen neg- well, I hadn't seen much positive. I had seen <laughs> measuredly positive reviews, and then a fair amount of critical reviews. And I tried to go in really open-minded, and I was pleasantly surprised. I thought yeah. it was pretty okay. Well, and I think that was probably part of the problem, too, with the reviews, is that people were going in expecting it to be a mess. Yeah. And Which- looking for that that to some extent. colors a big it's it's hard to go in and, and I, I mean i'm not a critic critic but it's hard when you know you're gonna like do a review on something yeah. or talk about something beyond just like with your friends or whatever it's it's hard not to try to go in and make sure you don't have your perception colored like i always when i know i'm gonna review something for this or uh, on my youtube thing I, I like I consciously don't watch anybody else's reviews. Occasionally, mm-hmm. I'll see like, oh, this person liked it or this, you know. Yeah. But like, I consciously don't watch reviews because I don't want that experience colored by like, yeah, what other people think about it. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. I I didn't look up any reviews. Um, I, I think my perception was colored by the fact that. I was worried it was going to be like Batman versus Superman. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Which that's a fair, I mean, yeah, you had to expect that it might be. But one thing that I wish I hadn't known about mm. going in was uh, Henry Cavill's, is that how you say his name? Cavill, Cavill, Cavill one of the I two. I have no I'm idea. Not, not exactly Superman, sure. his mustache. Yes. Because I was looking for it the whole time and yes. we were right real close to the screen. Yes. So, you know, that his upper lip yes. was like 40 feet across. Yes. I was like looking, like, can I see it? Can I see the Here's the worst thing about that, and this is where I wish I hadn't known, because if I had, if I had not been told anything, if I had no idea, I might have noticed that something looked weird. Yeah. But I would not have been constantly looking to the point where it was distracting. Yeah. Which was such a disservice. (laughs) And now... I did my best to not let it distract me. And I don't, I overall, like I said, I pretty much enjoyed the movie for the most part. I thought, you know, it was, it's not a great movie, but I enjoyed it. So it didn't distract me to the point of like disliking the movie, but I was like, man, it's really unfortunate that that's going to cut like, cause it, it is distracting. Cause yeah. you're sitting there like, Oh, is that cause you, you, cause you can tell when it's not, but it's yeah. not like the work, like it's not like overtly obvious right. and terrible. So it's like, if you had no idea, people who know would know but like general audiences right. probably wouldn't see, notice well, i wouldn't have known because yeah. i'm not you know unless the cgi is really obvious yeah. and like horrible i typically don't yeah like i i'm aware of when something is cgi because i'm not an idiot yeah but i probably wouldn't have noticed that if yeah. i had not known uh, yeah i was that was a weird thing that i and i get 
Because, like I said, people who know, it was real obvious and it looked a little weird. Because it hits that uncanny valley. Mm -hmm. Um, So I get it. But at the same time, it's like, God, why do we have to make this a big thing? Because now it's going to distract everybody. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't know. I just thought it was weird. I do love, though, that um, I think it was Paramount that had him... Made him keep the mustache. Yeah, he's filming the new yeah. uh, Mission Impossible to, film, uh, supposedly. So they forced the studio to spend, what, millions of dollars? Had to be. To CGI out his it's, mustache? It's like, a lot of the petty movie. and amazing. It's a lot of the movie that he's in that it's yeah. a CG'd out. Like, it's a non-insignificant amount of him <laughs> being in the film with a fake <laughs> lip. So, uh, yeah, that's... And I, I, his mustache that he has isn't that big. Like, how long does it take this man to grow a mustache? Could they not hold recording for two weeks while he regrew his mustache or whatever? I mean, like, I don't know. I just thought Apparently that was a little not. weird, too. We haven't talked about uh, Aquaman. I enjoyed. Thought he was pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he was fine. and didn't really stand out particularly, but was enjoyable. Cyborg looked a lot better in the film than he did in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CG of his... Cyborg body. And did you notice that it, this is a little bit of a spoiler, so if you haven't seen the film, uh, at the very end of the film, when they're doing like the little flashes to each of the characters, mm-hmm. like where they post the invasion thing, Cyborg's with his dad getting like upgraded, and they and they put him into like a more similar to the cartoon, I think, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, out, like they like upgrade his mechanics, and it looks yeah, they're giving him like a an outer. Yeah, Shell. yeah. So he looks less like a transformer and more yeah. like uh, cyborg. He did look a lot like a transformer. Yeah, which is what everybody hated. And I, I'm not a particular <laughs> fan of that look. I get what they're going for with this because the yeah. mother boxes are that weird. You know, it's like that alien tech that's yeah. like weird and they, yeah. They gave him like the big red circle on his chest and like huh. made him look. And I was wondering if they like did that because everybody was like, "Man, cyborg looks stupid," or. <laughs> If they had already had that plan. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I really enjoyed the movie, though. I mean, like I say, really. I quite enjoyed the movie. Much more than I thought I was going to. Uh, It had some really fun moments. Uh, Nothing surprising. Because they ruined... uh, Not ruined, but we knew, you know, spoilers. Superman was coming back. We knew, you know, there's nothing really particularly surprising. But I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I had fun watching it, which was not the case for Batman vs. Superman. Was not (laughs) the case for Suicide Squad. Uh, Those were both just not good. And this one I thought was pretty, you know, pretty okay. Like I said, a C, you know, a C plus. Like it's like on par with like Age of Ultron-ish. Yeah. In terms of like quality of movie mixed with like fun, you know, like... it's not particularly good, but like, you know, because like the the characters don't. There's not a lot of character development. Like Flash is like the only one that really has any sort of character development yeah, over the course of this film. True. Cyborg a little bit. The characters we don't know, you know, because yeah. Aquaman a tiny little bit. Yeah, kind of. Li- I mean, they alluded to it, but because we didn't really know him before this, it's not meaningful. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you know, and it, the 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 narrative is a tired narrative of an alien coming to Earth, gonna destroy everything. If he gets these things, stop him from getting the things. Oh, he got the things. Now go get the yeah. things back. But you know, I I think going with a simpler story was a good choice. Yeah, I think if they had tried to do something more convoluted, it would have 
been a little bit of a mess. I mean, it is a real simple story um, yeah. in the sense that it's like, oh, get three power boxes, destroy world. Oh, no, it has power boxes, stop him. Like, so, <laughs> I, yeah, I, in that sense, you're right, because they have so much other stuff to do. We yeah. can't really be, like, going back and forth and, like, through, like, a convoluted, yeah, a, a complex plot with the villain of, like, you know. Right. Just, like, he needs bad things. He gets bad things. Bad things happen. We stop bad things. Like, all right, cool. Oh, this is one little thing, and it's not. It's not a spoiler. There was a moment, and it just made me laugh. Batman is back at the uh, thing when Diana comes in to uh, help him, mm-hmm. like reset his shoulder or whatever, and he pours a drink. If you haven't seen the movie, or if you have, or you're gonna re see the movie, in the scene after when he's pouring a drink after Diana comes in and helps him with his shoulder. I don't know if this was just Ben Affleck's choice or what, or or just a, an accident. But he pour it's a low ball tumbler, and he fills it like to the brim. Oh yeah, I noticed that with whiskey or <laughs> bourbon or whatever. Like it's like, like six a- shots worth of whiskey in one glass. He has like a quadruple whiskey. Yeah, yeah. He's just like glug, glug, Which, glug, 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 I mean, you just soft fought Superman. Fair no, enough. and that's what I was wondering. But it made me chuckle because I was like, "Oh, that is not normally how one would fill said glass." But he just fucking fills it up, and it, it made me laugh. So look out for that. And I was like, or maybe it's just Ben Affleck being alcoholic, because <laughs> he was, <laughs> slash is, I don't know, and I'm not following his life, but... Um, <laughs> How dare you not, what, not follow, follow Ben, ben Affleck's, Affleck's life? Yeah, Are you even an American? Yeah. Time to move on to Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay, book facts. Fun facts about The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, well, I guess first some fun facts about C.S. Lewis. Because he was kind of an interesting dude. Right. The C.S. and C.S. Lewis, uh, for those of you who don't know, stands for Clive Staples. I did not know that. But he went by Jack because he understandably hated the name Clive. Mm, I guess. I mean, yeah. Jack is better than Clive. Sure. I don't know. Clive Owen would disagree. I'm sure anyone named Clive would. Well, maybe not. Maybe people named Clive would dis- would agree more. Um, C.S. Lewis, well known as a Christian author. Mm-hmm. But you might not know this. Probably not. In his youth, he was actually an outspoken atheist. Oh, yes. I know I did know you that. I did know that. I did know that. He converted to Christianity as that. an adult, largely yeah. because of his friendship with J.R.R. Uh-huh. Tolkien. I did know that. He died on the same day that Kennedy was assassinated. Wow. And that um, author Aldous Huxley who wrote Brave New World, Mm -hmm. died the same day. Wow. Um, So both of their deaths were greatly overshadowed. Yeah. So I mentioned this, and I think pretty much everybody who who reads books at all probably knows this, that C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien were friends. Yeah, I mean... At least you read fantasy. Yeah, I think that's a pretty well-known, like, fun fact, trivia fact. Yeah. So they met while they were both teaching at Oxford, Mm -hmm. and Lewis taught literature, 
and Tolkien was teaching linguistics Linguistics, with an emphasis on uh, Old English languages. They were part of a writing group of professors at Oxford, which called themselves the Inklings, because writers are nerds. We're big nerds. No, that's fair. If I had a writing group, I, wait, I do have a writing group and it does have a name. Never mind. <laughs> We're nerds. Um, Tolkien famously hated The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Don't exactly know why. What? Why no, are you laughing? No, no reason. No, he hated it. That's good. Um, he just recognized inferior literature. <laughs> I'm going to need I'm you to sorry. simmer down. <laughs> You can have a passionate love thing with Tolkien on another episode when we do Lord of the Rings. I I have so many problems with those books, so it's fine. I mean, not so many, but I... They could be... um, Let's just say this about Lord of the Rings. He could have found a way to make them a little less boring. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll get to that. We'll, We'll get there one of these days. One of the popular theories, though, about why he disliked the Lion, the, ri- the Witch, and the Wardrobe was because uh, Lewis jumbled together different mythologies. Ah. So the, the idea is that Tolkien was not here for that. So you tell, you're trying to tell me the Lord of the Rings doesn't mix any mythologies? This isn't Lord of the Rings cast, so yeah. we didn't do a lot of research on them. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we can cover that when we get to yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. We're just making a checklist here for all the things we want to cover <laughs> when we eventually get to Lord of the Rings, which yeah. will be three episodes, so we'll have plenty of time to do it. Oh, not three episodes from now. No. It will be three episodes. It will be, th- will yes. be that will be a three-episode right. stretch. I, th- I got scared because I was like, it's, we're doing it three episodes from now. I haven't even started reading them Oh, yet. I don't have time to read. Uh, no. Yeah. We're going to have to do that, like, over a summer. I'm just skipping all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> It'll, like, cut half the book out. <laughs> okay. So, fun facts about the actual book. Um, it was inspired by the children who were evacuated to the English countryside during the Second World War. Escaping the Air Raids in London, which is how the book slash movie starts. It took Lewis 10 years to write this book, largely because he destroyed the first draft of it completely because his friends hated it. Writers. Tolkien included, probably. (laughs) Writers were also very melodramatic. Yes, as artists (laughs) tend to be. The character of Lucy... The little girl Mm -hmm. who first goes through the wardrobe is based on his goddaughter, Lucy Barfield. It is one of the best-selling books of all time. Yes. Land, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And for my final fun fact, um, I want to discuss the religious aspect of it for a minute. Do you really? Well, because I found a really, like, kind of interesting thing that I was not aware of. Okay. Um, So the Christian themes in the story, as we know, are really obvious. Real, pretty obvious. And it's pretty widely considered an allegory for Mm -hmm. Christian mythology. Yes. But Lewis himself did not consider it an allegory. He considered it what he called a supposal. What is, uh, never heard um, of this phrase. This term. is, I'm gonna read you an excerpt from a letter that he wrote in 1958 about this very topic. 
He said, if Aslan represented the immaterial deity in the same way which Giant Despair, a character in the Pilgrim's Process, represents despair, he would be an allegorical figure. In reality, he is an invention giving an imaginary answer to the question, what might Christ become like if there were really a world like Narnia and he chose to become incarnate and die and rise again in that world as he actually has done in Aslan? Hours. This is not an allegory at all. So what I take away from that okay. is that the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe is not a Christian allegory. It's more like an AU fanfic of the New Testament. Interesting. One, I may be not understanding slash misremembering what an allegory is. Two... I also don't know the comparison he made because I don't know the despair that I don't know that character in that piece of work or fiction. I or, actually don't either. I've never read the Pilgrim. Okay, Pilgrim so I'm a little fuzzy on what his diff, what his comparison so there is. I think um, so. An allegory is a story where the characters represent abstract ideas, right? Like um, a real. Obvious example is uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They represent good and evil, right? Abstract ideas. So I think the thing here is that he's saying the characters don't represent abstract ideas. They represent essentially other characters, but put into a different story, which is why I'm calling it an alternate universe fanfic of the New Testament. That's fair. To me, it maybe allegory is the wrong word. But I always understood it as the, like mm-hmm. I guess maybe maybe it sh- technically shouldn't be called an allegory. But what he described it as, I was like, yeah, yeah <laughs> I know that's what it, like like he's like it's not an allegory. It's what if Jesus was this character? What if the idea like what if what you know Jesus basically was existed in the universe of Narnia? Like what would that? be like and i'm like you know i yeah i know that's what you're doing (laughs) like i don't know like it just well you know i have always kind of read it as an allegory although i have to admit that i think the description of it as an au fanfic fits better yeah um but also i'm not gonna argue with a guy who taught literature at oxford about what an allegory is no no, no i'm not either no 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 no, no, no. i'm not <laughs> like, either. that's not a fight i want to have no, no no i'm not either i i'm not arguing with him what an allegory is i guess my thought is that i guess maybe i just i'm, I'm not expressing myself right, right here is that what he's saying it is is what i've always uh, thought of it as mm-hmm. maybe i attached to the label allegory yeah right wrongly but like i'm not like well, I think, you know, it's been called an allegory for a long time, and maybe that just stems from a lot of people not really understanding what an allegory is. I think is. that's the thing. I think that's you know? probably more what it is, because, like, I guess, I think it's sort of like a layman's term of allegory, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Aslan, sure, he doesn't represent an idea, but he represents a specific exact translation of a character from one universe to another, like, from one story to a different story, like... So it's not an abstract idea. It's just a translation of this character right. to an extent. Like I don't know. I, it's almost almost feels like a distinction without a difference to me. But like I get. I guess I get 
what he's saying. Like I, under, like I said, I I don't know how to describe it. I like I'm just like when what what he describes it as is like that's yes, that's what I thought yeah. it was, and I guess maybe just a, using the word allegory wasn't the correct way to describe. I that. think it's like adjacent to correct. Yeah, but maybe not necessarily technically correct. Yeah, but we also you know might be having like just a difference in philosophy here because Lewis wouldn't have regarded Christ as a concept. Right. He would have regarded him as like a real right thing. Fair. So Well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like even I guess my idea is that even if I grant the idea that Jesus as a not as a concept but right. as a person as a, a an actual character mm-hmm. and I say character I mean like, you know. Yeah. Like like whoever was a character, like fucking the King of England is a character, you know, the sure. King George was a character. George Washington was a character. I guess my idea is that like, that's still a con, the concept of that person being translated in, it's not an abstract concept, but yeah. it's the concept of that character being translated into a different allegorical <laughs> Situation. I don't know. I, I like. I'm not. Again, I'm not going to argue with C.S. Lewis about what the word allegory means. It just seems a little like a distinct, like an adjacent. Yeah, like you said, almost yeah. like an adjacent. I think it's definition of the word. I think it's adjacently correct, and I also think it's possible that Lewis was being a little bit pedantic. Yeah, and that's fair. As literature professors are wont to be. Especially ones that um, teach at Oxford, probably. <laughs> if any of my coworkers are listening to this, I like all of you. <laughs> Put your giant pants. <laughs> no, that was interesting. I uh, I will watch the movie more keenly to kind of take yeah, on the yeah. idea of it as a fanfic versus, versus an, an allegory. allegory. Not sure if Lewis sure, would have liked Lewis. me describing it as a fanfic, but Probably it kind not. of is. Okay, so 2005 is when the film came out. Uh, British-American, produced mostly, uh, I believe filmed mostly over in Jelly Old Britain, mm. or in places in Europe for the most part. Directed... By, and this is a fun fact, it's almost like we planned this, but we didn't, Andrew Adamson, who directed Shrek and Shrek 2. Really? Yes. <laughs> the reason he got the job directing this film was because he was an Academy Award winning director nice. in Shrek, or from Shrek. Paid off. Um, it won the 2005 Academy Award for Best Makeup. Oh, I didn't it was know that. nominated for a couple other things. I guess they did have to do a lot of like prosthetics. For like Tumnus yeah. and all the other yeah, a lot yeah, of there did. was a lot of makeup and I don't remember what else came out that year, but yeah, there was a lot yeah. of a lot of makeup going on. During the early nineties, the producers Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy picked it up and were trying to get it made. Uh, they were planning a version set in modern times, and if the name Kathleen Kennedy sounds familiar, there's a reason for that. Kathleen Kennedy is since like 2012-ish or so, the co-chair of Lucasfilm and basically mm. runs and is like, she took over for George Lucas. She like runs Star Wars now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, she was, a her and a, a guy were trying to produce it uh, in the early 90s, but they were planning on setting it in modern times, hmm. uh, which was a little strange. Yeah, that would have been weird. 
that didn't work out. Eventually, Paramount <laughs> or somebody, I can't remember who, but Paramount was starting to produce it. Uh, and their imperative was to set it in the United States mm. as opposed to Britain. And they uh, eventually people decided that that wasn't right. That didn't they didn't yeah. like that didn't work out. Guillermo del Toro turned down directing the film. Oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> would have been amazing. Oh. But the reason he turned it down is because he was making Pan's Labyrinth. All right, <laughs> so, fair enough. Which Pan's Labyrinth, if you haven't seen it, oh, is a far superior God. film. It's amazing. Uh, it was an incredible film, um, and a similar you know type not so sorry it's not similar there are, there are similarities similarities to the yeah. to the narrative it's it's you know this one tends more towards the uh high fantasy mm-hmm. action adventure whereas uh pan's labyrinth is more of a escapist fantasy mis- not mystery but like it's an allegory an allegory yes um <laughs> But kind of like Coraline to an extent, like yeah. a similar type of story. Is like yeah, Coraline. Was, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is an adventure story for yeah. children. Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is not. No, 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 not at all. So yes, so unfortunately we missed out on Guillermo del Toro directing Chronicles of Narnia, but he was doing Pan's Labyrinth, so, you know, six of one, half dozen <laughs> of the other, who knows. There's another fun thing. The two older kids, or actually none of all of the kids, during filming... When they first walk into Narnia, mm-hmm. is the first time they had ever seen the set on camera. The one in the film, they blindfolded them when they took them to the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they because they wanted real reactions out of them. And the first time Lucy, the youngest one, right, mm-hmm. sees Tumnus, that reaction is her first time seeing him. Because he's in the full getup and makeup yeah. and everything, and that is her actual reaction. She like screams or something, and that's her actual reaction <laughs> to seeing that character for the first time. It won the BeliefNet Film Award for Best oh. Spiritual Film <laughs> of the Year. BeliefNet. Yeah, Number. I don't know what that is. Is that but still a thing? Apparently, well, it was in 2005. I don't know if it's still a thing. <laughs> and this is one more little random fun fact that I thought was interesting: is that the wolves that destroy the beavers' home. Mm-hmm. Are real wolves really not CGI or anything like that? Uh, mm-hmm. They're mostly real animals. There was like one that, or two of them that were CGI, mm-hmm. but they had to digitally. This is the fun fact part of it. They had to digitally remove the tails of the wolves and add in CGI tails because you, I like I love your face right now. The reason <laughs> will make you so happy because their tails kept wagging too happily. <laughs> While they were filming the scene because they were all having too good of a time and it made them look less vicious. Oh my god. <laughs> and it showed them to be happy and frolicking around so they had to remove their tails that were wagging about <laughs> too joyously <laughs> and put in angry tails. That's the most precious thing I've right? heard all year. Right? So that scene of the wolves destroying oh the beaver's God. home is real wolves, but not their real tails, because those <laughs> wolves were having way too good of a time, and we needed them to be scary. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's it. We're uh, Those are all our fun facts. That was our review of Justice League. It's pretty okay. You should go see it. <laughs> you won't hate it, probably. You might. I don't know. But that's all we got. Uh, um, tune back next Tuesday. Oh, remember to go vote. Yeah, go vote on, Facebook for on our Christmas movie... Uh, a Christmas Carol poll. Tell us which version of A Christmas Carol you would like for us to watch. Uh, next Tuesday, uh, we'll have our full episode on Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion Witch, and The Wardrobe. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be super great. 